for you. And mercy, while I'm doing that, would you come up here, please? And my sister. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> Who did that to me? <laughs> Look, I'm going to get you, son. I'm going to get you. <laughs> Matthew 7 verse 24. Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, sayings of mine. You remember Jesus will always say, you have heard, but I say to you, or truly, truly, I say to you. These are his sayings. Every time you see those words, mark them in your scriptures. They are very important. I say to you. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and practices them or does them, you practice them, do, do them all the time. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on, not a rock, the rock. When you practice what he says, that is a way of establishing yourself on the rock. So no matter the wind, the flood, no matter what comes at you, when it's all over, you will still be standing. And that's what I've determined to do. When I see the word, I ought to practice it. I don't care about what people think. I'm not here to prove anything to anybody. And just do what the word says. And let God confirm his word. Now when God begins to confirm his word, in a congregation, it behooves the people of God to take it seriously and begin to do it out of faith. My sister, when she came home, and she's going to talk to you a week ago or so, uh, we were very worried. I didn't think uh, she would be able to stand up here and sing. Nobody thought that way if you were saw her in the hospital. And, uh, but even before they gave her the first treatment, she was telling me, I can feel something. Every morning she comes in here with me. I come to the uh, church. I have been here early this morning for prayer. And that's not to make me to be more loved by God. But I come in here. But she reminds me we need to take communion. So we go back there every morning and we're taking communion. And we believe God is at work. Mercy, you want to share with the congregation? I just want to say to the devil that I'm still standing. Amen. Amen. I've been through the valley of the shadow of the death of death. But I'm still standing. Amen. And I'm going to leave. This is the whole testimony is disjointed. This is not a full testimony. I just want to give God the glory. For what he has done in a, in a short time. The message that was preached and obedience to the word of God. The full testimony we come, I'm sure that is going to take a whole service. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, uh, and I just want to thank God and for all those that the Lord has used. My brother and the wife, they've been wonderful people. Two years, two years, they've stood with me, they've cried with me. They've prayed with me. I, I don't know what to say at them. I just want to thank God for their lives. I want to thank God for their lives. Irina, who bathed me in the hospital, gave me a bath. And uh, Jennifer, she's not here, and the daughter. They were almost virtually sleeping in the hospital. Amy, that God used to change the hospital where I was to Methodist. Numerous people. Um, Robbie, at one time, they were with me. They were holding me down on the bed. I didn't know I would survive that day. They were ho virtually holding me down on the bed. I didn't know where I was. I thought I was going to give up that night. Herself and um, Jennifer. They knew what I went through that night. And I thank God for the prayer of the church. People who have never fasted, fasted. 
So why won't I be standing? Amen. Because prayers on the phone, messages. I want to thank God for everybody. I cannot name everybody. Lalea, Kathy, Mary. Uh, you name them, Tina. Those who could not come were fasting and praying and here every morning praying on my behalf. Why will I not be standing? Amen. Praise the Lord. When I came home from the hospital, the Methodist hospital, I would be I was in the hospital for almost um for one, I mean one three, month. One month, yes. One from Bentop. Bentop first, then Methodist. When I came out of the hospital, I was walking like this. These hands, I cannot put them down like this. For more than uh, 30 minutes, it starts to swell and the pain begins. Even when I'm on pain medications, strong pain medications, the pain begins. I have to lie down constantly with my hands elevated. I cannot walk, I cannot sit down for too long. On Sunday when I came to church, I stayed through uh, the two services. By the time we got out to eat, I was just praising myself. I couldn't eat. I was not myself. I remember Tuesday, my brother and I went to the hospital. Before then, when I heard the message on Sunday, I told my brother, I said, look, if I have to crawl to the church every Monday, every morning for prayer, I will go. If you have to drag me there, make sure you knock on my door. I mean, fortunately, before he wakes up, I'm awake and I'm well dressed. Sometimes I come in my pajamas. So for the prayers. And after every prayer, I told him I want the communion. I want the communion. I cannot go on like this. When I cannot walk, I cannot do anything. My brother will be walking and the wife, they tired. I cannot do anything. Food has to be brought to me. Even sitting up to eat was a problem. And uh, on Tuesday, my brother and I went to see the doctor. And the doctor said, Friday, you're going to start treatment. And... Uh, and I said, what about this hand? Because by Tuesday, the hand was still like that. Mm -hmm. Is this hand going to go? I said, well, you will take the treatment until the treatment starts to work. This hand will not go down. And I was close to tears. It means in another two or three months, my hand will still be like that. There is no hope. And I just said, no way. You know, and I said, well, I believe in this communion. By Wednesday, by that day, I remember my sister-in-law, I was lying down on the couch that very day we came from the hospital with the hand really swollen because I, had not, I was sitting down for a while and I couldn't stand up to walk or anything. And she told me, say, why don't you put on the sleeve they gave you? I said, I can't put it on, it won't even go on the hand. And they said I shouldn't wear it, you know. So by faith, because she said, I said, okay. She said, let me try it on. I tried it on. It didn't hurt as before, but I had to take it off somewhere. But by Wednesday, I felt that the hand was better to bring it down because before now I couldn't bring it down. I found that I could bring it down more, some more. And it wasn't swelling as it was. But by Thursday, I could completely put the hand down. I could sit down longer. And it wasn't hurting me. I wasn't taking the drug. I told my sister, you know, I said, are you on the pain medication? I said, no, I have not taken it the whole day. And that was the truth. I had not taken it by Friday when I was to go for the treatment. I did, the hand was very okay. Just as it is right now. Just as it is right now. If the doctor had seen me, he would have been shocked. That I could put the hand down. The hand was not swelling. When I was taking the, this day for... I was there from morning till about five. I could not elevate the hand as such. So the hand, there was no swelling, there was nothing. Before now, I cannot wear this jacket I'm wearing. That's how bad it was. But I thank God today, I'm standing. I am standing. Amen. I am Amen. Amen. Please. Thank you so much. 
I want to thank everyone for standing with my family. Um, I have never entertained fear. I just believe, do what I know to do. I do what I believe to do. I leave the rest with the Lord. But there is a reason why God brought this to us at this point to share the message uh, last Sunday. If you were not here, I really encourage you. Get on the net and listen. Even if you were here, listen. I, I spoke on the message. It was a month when I started talking to our staff. About a month before, I want to do this. Because I knew God was giving me something. But every morning, he gave me something fresh. Something new about it. And uh, do the word. Do it. Establish yourself. Not only in physical healing. If your finances is hurting, go there. Jesus said, this is my body. I know you're eating bread. But when God calls the bread his body, guess what it is? He's telling you eat. It's his body. He healed you from all the past. The blood will eradicate everything that hinders your life. Jesus never gave us an empty ritual to do on Sunday morning and say, well, we've taken the communion. So what? This is divine. That we might partake of his divine nature. We stand boldly and let the word of God work in our midst. That's what this is all about. I'm not the preacher that wants to, you know, he preached a good message. That's good. But I want to see God in action. I want to see God in action in righteousness. In my life, your life. I want to see God walking through us. And I also want to see God working in our, on our behalf. Your finances, very important. Those religious people saying, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it matters. We need money to reach people in Africa. And God will put it through your hands. That's what the word says. It's so clear. He says, through prosperity, the kingdom of God will be spread around the world. That's what the word says. God is going to do it. And I, I think we're beginning to see the end. And uh, God will get the glory for everything. But I want you as an individual practice every morning. Let your children do that. They did that in the Old Testament a lot. I mean the New Testament. The Old Testament people had their own. They did it every day. I shared it. Please get the tape or something. Listen to it. So you, you can stay with your God until you're ready to go home. No accident will kill me. Until I'm ready to go home. No accident. No plane crash. Not in my life. God has promised me long life. And his word is true. He holds the world by the word of his power. That same word can hold my, the same word can hold my life. And hold your life. And God is raising an army in this place. Of great people. Spreading the good news around the world. The Lord told me when he called me, he said, I want you to teach my people my love. And I said, well, what is that? I don't even understand what you're talking about. But with time, he keeps showing me things. And, uh, and then you are the first to share with. But I believe God has a plan. You take the word out. And I will be alongside with you, sharing the word with the world. Amen. This morning, uh, hopefully, I'll get through this message. I believe I will. Uh, the title of my message this morning is to be made well. To be made well. Remember Jesus, when he heals people, sometimes they come back and they are grateful. He says, go and be made whole, right? He's saying, every area of your life. Every area of your life. The guy is already healed, but Jesus said, go and be made whole. Meaning, every area of life, spiritually, mentally, physically, oh, God wants you to be well. And uh, my brother David uh, read the scriptures where, where I'll be preaching from this morning. It's in John chapter 5. And Father, just speak to us, open our eyes. Help us to stand firm, because your word will not return to you void. You are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 5, verse 2 through 4. It says, Now 
there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches in these lay a great multitude of sick people blind, lame, paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had now the setting of this passage was a feast in Jerusalem possibly the Passover or Passover feast and there were a lot of people in town and the place was crowded and Jesus was one of the men in town and uh, during the feast it's a time of rejoicing it's a feast people are feasting and rejoicing before the Lord however there were certain individuals that were not permitted to rejoice in the feast by reason of their situation they were confined to a pool the area around the pool the bible tells us there were five porches i'm sure some kind people built these five porches there for them so that they can stay and wait for the water to be stirred and then the first person that gets into the water is healed. He says, in this particular place lay a great multitude of sick people. A great multitude of sick people. And only one is healed every time the water is stirred. Great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. That's a picture of the world. What Satan has done. These guys had no life at all. All they did was sit there and wait. No going to work, no building a family, no caring for my children, no caring for my wife. You don't know when the pool is going to be stirred. You don't know, you can't leave. You have to be there. You have to be the first to step in. So your life now is held in bondage. I know it's a good thing, staying by the pool. And that's how you live your life, staying by a pool. The Bible called that place, Bethesda is called, that's this, that means the house of mercy. That's the meaning of the word Bethesda. It was the house, house of mercy. While others were feasting, they were waiting in the house of mercy, hoping to have mercy. Healing. The world is full of people that have been paralyzed they become blind the Bible says hurt people and they all sitting there waiting like a picture of the world waiting for that thing you may be one of those today you have been through a lot and still there is no deliverance you're waiting for God to move somehow to bring you freedom in this area where you've been hurting and suffering the same picture those people had in their time Satan has wrecked a lot of lives but look at what the scripture says an angel went into the pool and stirred the water. And when the water is stirred, the first person that gets in, it doesn't matter what you have, no matter what the problem is, if you've lost both eyes completely because of an accident, whatever it is, once you step into that water and you are the first person to step in, you get your eyes back. So they were all waiting. Now, who stirred up the water? An angel did. Now, this is unique because you have to understand this. Angels are involved in our lives. <laughs> angels. There are good angels and there are bad angels. Both are involved in our lives, whether you like it or not. 
If you live in the world, the bad angels, they are involved in your life. They are interested in what's going on in your life. Demons, bad angels, are interested in what's going on in your life. The good angels also are interested in what's going on in your life. They want to help you have the good life. The bad angels are also interested in what's happening in your life. They also want you to have a bad life. And so there's a their workings in our lives. Notice in the world, it, it takes an angel to stir up the water. Right? The Bible said an angel, not God, an angel did it. So an angel was helping to bring about healing for the one who steps into the water first. In the same way, I need to let you understand that angels are also involved, the wrong kind of angels are also involved in sickness and misfortune in our lives. Terrible things. Angels can cause you to be sick. True. A demon, an angel, can cause you to be sick. This is uh, the no- a knowledge that's missing in the West. We go to the other extreme in, in, the, in my culture <laughs> where everything is an angel, a demon that's behind it. It's a witch. If you don't like the food, a witch put something in the food, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> everything switch witch, but in the West, everything is so natural. Even if an angel is involved, they don't see that. They want to test it in the test tube. And if it doesn't work, he said, no angel, I'm showing it to you, no angel here. You're lying. But angels, demonic forces are involved. And angels are also involved in your health as well. Amen. He shall give his angels charge over you, right? So that you don't, don't have an accident. And get killed. Right? They're involved. We have to recognize that. I'll share some scriptures with you. Matthew chapter 9 verse 32 and 33. It says, and as they went out... Behold, they brought to him a man mute and demon possessed. Mute and demon possessed. In other words, dumb, he couldn't speak. The reason for that, because he was a demon. A demon of dumbness. He couldn't speak. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. What is God saying to you? Because he received a mute demon, he couldn't speak. You got rid of the demon, he could speak. So the reason why he couldn't speak was because of the mute demon. Demons have personalities. This one was a dumb spirit. <laughs> he gets in and you're dumb. You can't speak. <laughs> and you have to cast it. Now, I, I used to really bother me. How can you? Because scientists, they'll tell you, the doctors will tell you, well, I guess he's tongue is sticking to the bottom of his mouth and he can't really speak. His tongue can move properly. Oh, the ear uh, eardrums are not well developed during development in the womb, right? And they tell you that's the reason. <laughs> but Jesus will cast out a demon telling us those that have spiritual eyes to always look also to this area. After I discovered that just it's not just the natural things that I'm seeing, that there is a spirit that could be behind this thing happening, the deafness, then I thought, well, if that's the case, then this thing is easy. Amen. I can help the, the blind to see. If there's a demon that's behind it, or if it's deaf, I can deal with that. I know how to cast out devils. Amen. And every one of you can as well. The Bible says, These signs follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. He didn't tell you the class of devils. He just said, In my name they shall cast out devils. Whether it's a dumb devil or is a blind devil, you don't care. He's just a devil. Tell him to come out. And when he's gone, the blind will see. That makes it real easy. I don't have to think about how is God going to walk on the eyes, the cornea, make it right in the lens. If the lens has been taken out, how is he going to do that? I just kept the demon out and the lens appears. Amen. That's what Jesus did. He cast out the mute spirit 
and the guy could speak and the rest of them says miracle great miracle wow what a miracle God is done now Mark chapter 9 verse 25 when Jesus saw that the people came running together he rebuked the unclean spirit saying this is how he rebuked the unclean spirit he said deaf and dumb spirit I command you come out of him and enter him no more meaning this spirit got into this man and then he couldn't hear because by reason of the spirit right and he couldn't speak by reason of the spirit which is the wrong kind of angel he, this angel gained an access and the name of this uh, spirit was deaf and dumb and so Jesus rebuked deaf and dumb come out and what was the result the man could hear and the man could speak that easy angels are involved amen I give you one more and the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let a matter be established establish it in your heart this is the way I live my life if you tell me one thing and I may, I may disagree with you usually I disagree with my wife now kidding <laughs> when she's telling me you need to straighten up in this area I say no I'm okay but when I hear it from another stranger, I say, hmm, she's right. I need to really straighten up. <laughs> there is no doubt. So right now, I've learned to listen to her. I don't want to get the second of that kid. Just straighten up before too many people know about it, you know. <laughs> Amen. So, but in the matter of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. Establish it. Now, the Bible tells us in Matthew 12, verse 22, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. I wonder why they don't want us to speak. <laughs> if he's deaf, he's also mute, right? If he's blind, he's, he's mute. They don't want, and then they have a mute spirit. There must be something about speaking they don't like, you know. He went, shut up. I'll keep you blind, but you'll say nothing about it. Amen. And you know God does the same thing, right? Remember Zachariah? God says, this your dumb mouth is going to crush my son. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to let you speak until John the Baptist is born. Yeah, you're too flaky. <laughs> so he shut him up. And after the boy was born, he said, now you can talk. And I talk all you want, okay? The, boy, the miracle is done. What you say? So, a blind spirit was cast out and the man saw. So we must always think about this when you're praying for the sick. It could be a demon. And if it's a demon, then the case is real easy. That's what I felt before I went out as a, as a minister after God called me. I couldn't wait because I had this thing. God has placed this thing in my head for so long. I was waiting for time of practice. Just like we did last Sunday morning, okay? I was waiting for my time of practice. And when they brought the first uh, dumb, uh, blind, deaf woman, I was happy. I put stuck my fingers in her ear, you know. Everybody sat, they were watching. The mother was something like crying, she's going deaf. And I said... When I, I'm going to call on the name of Jesus and then I will take my finger off to allow the devil to come out. I mean, he has to have some room to come out, you know. So I put my finger in and then I yelled, Come out! And she, huh? I knew it worked. So you go behind her and as you do, you see the TV preachers, you know, they do this and she does this. Say, Yes. And everybody was clapping, Miracle, miracle. Well, you can do it too. Amen. You can do it. He's just a demon. And you are a child of God, right? Why go call for the preacher? You got the same word, right? The preacher may be as flaky as you, as you're wasting your time. <laughs> he may not know what to do. And you embarrass him for calling him, you know. So, these things can be as a result of angels. Good and bad. I just wanted to throw that in so you recognize that. When things are not going well in your finances, don't just keep calculating and wondering. And I yeah, know it's good to budget, but sometimes budgeting, when a demon is involved, budgeting will not work, I guarantee you. 
It won't work. It's not coming in. Amen. Look at the enemy. And point your finger. And say stop it. I pay my tithe. You got no rights. Amen. Amen. But notice Jesus asked a strange question of this man. Who had been there according to what we read this morning for 38 years. Five, uh, verse 5 through 7 he said now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time he said to him do you want to be made well and the guy says what did you say <laughs> he has been here for 38 years I certainly want to be made well. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another step down before me. Oh, disappointment. I have to wait till the next time. And it's been that way for a very long time. I don't know if the man had given up or he was looking for something. I believe he was looking for something. And Jesus was just saying it back to him. You, we, you've been heard. You're ready. Are you ready now? You've been asking. You've been heard. And I'm coming to that. You've been heard. Do you want to? And in the natural, he gave, he let Jesus know, I want to be well, but I got a problem. <laughs> I need a man. I need a man to help me. I have no one to help me. This is one problem that believers have. They are looking to somebody that they know will help. And usually is never there. Even if you are using doctors, if you place your whole heart on it, you may die. Especially if you are a believer. God can use them. And God will let you go down and down with the doctors changing their diagnosis from day to day. Until you turn your heart as a child of God back to your heavenly father. No man can help you. Psalm 60 verse 11. It says give us help from heaven O God. The help of man is useless. They'll help you, but it's not a good help. It won't last. It's useless. You only need God's help. This man, he stayed in that condition, waiting for somebody to help him. And he stayed in that situation for 38 years. No life. Just waiting. When you turn your eyes from man and turn to God, probably take a few days. And you get help. And sometimes God will use the men. The same people you're looking at. Maybe not the same person. But some other person exists to use man. Some man to help you. But you can't look to man. You must look to God. For your help. If you do that. You're constantly looking at a man. You may be there for another 38 years. It won't work for you. Jeremiah tells us. I believe 17 verse 5. Cursed is the man. Who puts in trust in man for himself? Who makes his a man flesh? You know you're strong. Oh, it's just not going to work. Your strength, man cannot be. You have to turn to God. I turn to God when come to church. You know I am very determined, and nobody gets the glory as to what's happening at the Ark Fellowship. I don't care how talented you are. I'm not looking at anybody's money. So you won't say, if it were not for my money, my giving, the Ark Fellowship would not be. I don't want that. I want God and God alone to get the glory. Not good luck, not Pastor Andy, nobody. That's a prayer of mine to the Lord. I pray to Him. And nobody gets any glory out of the Ark Fellowship. Nobody. If God will not do it, let it remain that way. I don't care. Only Him gets the glory. That's a determined thing. I'm very determined. And if I sense that, I will be praying to God. I will let him leave. I'm sorry. 
But that's just the way I feel. I need God and God alone. Let her or him, whoever he's thinking, I'm this great shot. And then without me, the Ark Fellowship, you are nothing. He is everything. Amen. I hope that doesn't offend anybody, but if it does, then check your own heart. It's so important. God has to get the glory. It will be done. No doubt in my mind. God will get it done one way or the other. But no one is getting the glory. No one. Not at the Ark Fellowship. We're not looking to man. We're looking to God. We're not here to prove ourselves. We look to God and Him alone. So there is no offense. I am not offended at you. You're not offended at me. You're not looking to me because I really can't do it. The church is prospered many times when I'm out. Just to let me know you are not it. <laughs> David started attending our church while I was away. That makes me not feel too good. But, but that's the right thing, you know. It was Angela someone and Pastor Andy someone that brought them. And look, I got a great couple with us. Amen. It's not in anybody. Only in him. You can't look to man. Psalm 146 verse 3. Do not put your trust in princes. What did he say you shouldn't do? Don't put your trust in princes. Don't do it. Don't do it. Nor in the son of man. Don't do that. He says in them there is no help. You can't do it. Sometimes we forget what scriptures say. And we're doing our own thing. Yes, you can ask God to use somebody. That's not, that's not wrong. But you are looking to God, not the man. You can speak until you're blue in the face. Now, I never get blue in my face. You won't even know. But, but. <laughs> but, if God speaks to the man in one second, he'll turn around. And help you. So why go to him and be pleading my case? I plead my case before the before him and tell him, get him for me. <laughs> Amen. And when he gets him, he'll be happy to do whatever you want. Amen. So I go to him. Go to him. So if he doesn't use that person, you are not upset. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're looking to him. Because he has he didn't want this person this time, he has another person for you. Amen. That's what we must never look to man. We must always look to God. That means that doesn't say you shouldn't pray that God use a person. I've had testimonies, poor young specifically looking for to a wall, and God used the man greatly. But he never spoke to the man. He spoke to him. And the man came, I want to do this for you. Amen. That's the way we want God to do it. I would like you to know that in their time, while Jesus was there, that the people stayed, multitude, waiting, just for the pool to be stirred. I'd like you to know today that the pool has been stirred. You don't have to wait anymore. The pool has been stirred. Only ha- and, and listen, it's not just the first person that gets in the pool that was very limited. It's not just the first person that gets in the pool after the pool has been stirred that gets well, that's made completely whole. It's now everyone who wants can get in the pool that's been stirred and receive your healing. That's what Jesus said. Whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, let him come. You can get in that pool. Jesus is the pool. Jesus himself is the house of mercy. Jesus himself is Bethesda. He is the pool. That, and was, that pool has been stirred. When Jesus went to the cross, that pool was stirred. You remember when his blood hit the ground, everything was shaken. The pool has been stirred. Do you want to be made well? Well, get in the pool. Get in the pool. And you will be healed. Not just in the physical realm. 
Your finances in the name of Jesus from this very day will be healed. Right after the service, right as we're speaking, the pool is being stirred right now. At the end of the service, the stirring will be over. And if you want to be made well in whatever area of life, step in the pool. As simple as that. Do you want to be made well? Jesus, the Bible tells us, He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So, in that way, He stirred the pool. So the pool he stirred, you go in with your sickness, the blood of Jesus strips you from that sickness as you go into that pool. Amen. Strips you of all the addiction. And by the time you leave the pool, you are whole. It doesn't matter how you feel when you are inside the pool. Amen. Just get in the pool. It's when you step out of the pool in faith. That you begin to find out. I'm clean. I left everything behind in the pool. Jesus was that pool. He took our infirmities. And bore our sicknesses. What must we do to step in the pool? What must must we do? What must I do to receive my healing? And not just physical healing today. Not just physical healing in any area of life. What must I do? John chapter 5 verse 8 through 9, 8 and 9. He says, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Simple. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Notice this guy was looking for somebody to take him to the pool. And Jesus was telling him, now I want you to rise. Take up your bed and walk. You couldn't before, but I want you to do that now. And the word says, immediately. Immediately the man was made well. Why? Because he, after he heard the word, he knew to wake up, to, to rise. He did. What's wrong with believers today? They are still looking to their feelings. It don't feel bad. Why, pastor, you prayed for me, but I'm still feeling this way. <laughs> who, who cares about the feeling? Just act on the word. Rise up. Jesus looked at a man with a withered hand. You know what? Withered, he couldn't use the hand. You know, people have atrophy of the hand and it goes that way and it's just like that. You know, they can't stretch it out. And Jesus looked at him and said, stretch out your hand. A simple. And the Bible said, and he stretched it out. And when he did, it was restored whole as the other. Why? Because he did. He stretched it. He stepped into the pool. He heard the word. All you have to do is act on the word. And you're healed. But I want to turn to another direction. Why were the others not healed? Have you ever thought about that? Jesus, there were a multitude of them there. Right? Jesus came, went to this one man, healed him, and walked away. I thought we said Jesus healed everybody that was sick, right? They said, well, if you think you believe in that healing stuff, why don't you go to the hospital and heal all of them in the hospital? Have you heard that before? I have. If you think you can heal people, why don't you go to the hospital and heal? Well, Jesus was right there in the hospital, right? He healed just one man and walked away. Why? Let me show you something. This was a time when Jesus was here, the true house of mercy. House of mercy was walking around the place. These guys didn't go after the house of mercy. They stayed with the physical house of mercy. And they were looking only to the, what they knew to be the house of mercy. Whereas right there in the land, the real house of mercy was walking around. The real pool, pool of Salom was all over the place. The pool was there. Pool at Bethesda, I mean. And they never went. They stayed where they were. Sometimes we get so... We have this uh, tunnel vision. This is the way we want God to work it out. Okay? And we don't explore something else. And God is saying, no, not that. Go somewhere. 
and we're not listening. They had their mind made up. And even when Jesus came right there, they didn't even recognize him. They were still waiting for the stirring of the pool. Instead of getting the pool right there in the front of him. But I believe that this man had taken his heart away from the pool. He couldn't go anywhere, so he stayed there. I believe he was crying out, crying out to God. I don't want to die like this. By the pool. Help me, God. I don't, there's no scripture written, but I really believe that. And I'll show you why I believe that. He was crying out to God of heaven. There is no way. I've been here for 38 years. There is no way I will get to the pool before everybody else. I don't have a friend. There's no one to help me. I have been abandoned. Help me, God, somewhere. I like to leave. You tell that because after he got healed, the next first place, after he argued with the people, the first place you found him was in the temple. He was in the house of God. He knew where he wanted, where his help came from. He didn't know who Jesus was, but he went to God's house. He was crying out to God. And I believe God heard him, and God sent his son to him, straight to that man. And he will send the son to you this morning in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that's plaguing your life, whatever it is that's holding you down, your progress, whatever it is, the Lord Jesus will come and you can step into that pool today, and tomorrow your life will be different. Amen? Amen. Verse 13 of chapter 5 says, But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. After he healed the man, he just left. But look at what Jesus said when they challenged for healing on the Sabbath day. This was his reply to them. In John, the same chapter, uh, 5 verse uh, 19, he said, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So basically, Jesus healed this man, and they challenged him. He says, it's not my fault. I saw the father healing this man, and I just did the same thing. <laughs> Amen. He looked for the man. The man was crying out to God, and Jesus came. Everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that asks, receives. Jesus said, if any man will do his will, he will hear from the Father, and he'll come to me. The Father speaks to you. No man can come to me, Jesus said, except the Heavenly Father draws him. When the Heavenly Father draws you, guess who you will go to? To Jesus. The man was crying out to God, God, I need help, help. And God knew there's no way this man will go to Jesus. He can't walk. He doesn't have a friend. I'm sure he had heard about Jesus in the land because after Jesus introduced himself, he was so proud. Yes, he was the Messiah. He went to tell them, even though he was causing more problems. He didn't know that. He wanted to testify. But he cried out, and the father heard him. And Jesus saw the father healing that man at the pool. Just one man in the multitude. And he never do anything except he sees the father doing it. Amen? So he went there, straight to the guy. Hey, I got the orders from heaven. You want to be well now? And the man says, yes, I don't have anybody. Well, you got somebody now. If you have been abandoned and there is no help, you'll find help in Christ. If you look to him, he's always there. It's always there. If things have been difficult, it seems there's nobody that's willing to help. Don't look to man, look to him. And when he comes, your 38 years of suffering will be over in a second. Just like that. And see, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. When is the time? Now is the accepted time. Today is the day. Today is your day to get in the pool. Amen. Question is, why couldn't he find a friend? What was it? Why couldn't he find a friend? You know, sometimes when things, I said it in the early service, I noticed that our relationships here in America, for the most part, it's on the surface. It's never deep. We throw money at things. You know? We're not touched by it. 
we throw money to Africa, you know, millions, right? That's our way of dealing with the problem. You go deal with them. We'll give you the money. You go. Why don't you come with it? No, I'm, I can't do that. I'm too busy. Yeah, yes, you have the heart. You can go. We'll give you the money. But no relationship. We don't know those guys. They don't know you. They only know the guy who came. You give the money, but they know the guy who came. We don't want to be involved. I'm sure this guy lived this life, never really caring for, my, for people very much. What you sow is what you reap. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Well, he didn't have mercy, so I knew he didn't sow mercy. You understand? He never, if he had sown mercy, God would be lying to us by telling us if you sow mercy, you reap mercy. He didn't when he was okay. See? Now he was in need and there was no mercy for him. No one was there for him. It's so important. These are principles we'll live by. You decide what you want to do. When somebody needs help, be there. Even if you are misunderstood, even if you are criticized, be there. Do your best. Let them have one way of feeling. It doesn't matter how they feel because you're doing it only for your God and for your love for another fellow human being. You do what you have to do. They'll say all kinds of things. I never get worried about those things. Let them say I do what I know is right before God. He is the one that vindicates. But you know, the Bible tells us, a man that is born of a woman, if you are born into this world, your life will be full of trouble. Troubles. Jesus said, when the wind blow, not if. So everyone will have wind and flood. If you are there for somebody, you've shown mercy. When you need, they will be there for you. If you haven't been there, you won't find one when your time comes. And you'll be real lonely. Sometimes we blame people and speak evil of them because they are not there for you. Whereas you, may, you can look into your life. That's the trouble we have. People blame others. They forget what they've been in the past. What you sow, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that's what you will reap. If you sow compassion, you will reap compassion. If you sow mercy, you will reap mercy. If you sow give into people's life, yeah, whether you're a Christian or not, that's so important. But look, he lived, he had a lot of friends or whatever when he was well with him. Now he, was, he had nobody. Hey, think about it. There were some that knew his condition. You know, some of them were healed, right? Couldn't they, those guys, if he was a real nice guy, couldn't those individuals come together and say, well, this guy has been here too long. We'll stay until the next season. And we'll get him in. Nobody. There was nobody for him. We have to learn to have compassion on them, especially those who are of the household of faith. And do what we have. Not for ill motive. So not where people say, well, he's such a good guy, he's done that. That's stupid. You get your reward here, and it's going nowhere. Sometimes when you're doing what is right, you get criticized, and people will misunderstand you. And sometimes when you're doing it for your own, unless you get all the praise, God says, oh, yeah, you got it. This is it. But do what is right at all times. Make up your mind to do what is right. But even if you haven't done things right, and you're looking for a friend to help you into the pool. Jesus is always there. He forgives your past. And makes you into a new man. He's a friend. He's the friend of sinners. He's the friend of the one who's done wrong. When everybody don't want anything to do with you, he is always there for you. He came to the aid of this man and brought him healing. And renewed his life. He now could join society again. He was now in the temple of God. Worshipping when Jesus found him. And mentioned something to him. So important. In John chapter 5 verse 14 it says. Afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said to him. See you have been made well. 
sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. What does this say? It was something that he did, or he had been doing, that brought that on him. For how many years? 38 years. Sin. Uh, you will always profit from sin. <laughs> but the wage is never good. Tie you down for many years. When you are doing things that are wrong, think about it, especially when you are hurting another human being, or saying things that are wrong about other people, be very careful because you are sowing seed for your future. That's what happened to this man. We have to be very careful as believers. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Even when they speak ill of you, still continue to do good. Doesn't matter. Forget, let go. So that you can obtain mercy from Him. So important. I'll conclude with this scripture. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Jesus is speaking to us this morning. Come to me, all you who labor. Are you hurting today? Jesus said, come. You have a heavy load on you right now. Things are not that good. Jesus said, I want you to come. He is inviting you. Come, come. You are overwhelmed with what's going on in your life. Jesus said, I want you to come to me. And he's talking to believers as well. Come, come to me. He says, I will give you rest. In other words, I'm, I'm going to give you peace about the, thing, about the thing, and you have rest. He'll meet that need. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, f- keep, forget being too focused on this thing. Don't get too focused. Change your focus. Now get more into the things of God. That's his yoke. Take his yoke, the things about the kingdom, how the church may prosper, how the ministers will do well, all of those things. Exchange your yoke, give him your troubles, take his, and you'll be okay. You'll find peace. That's how to find peace. You're looking for formula, this is the way to go. Just throw everything at him, and then keep doing the things of the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. Those things that are giving you trouble, you become attractive to them. You are like magnets to them now. You attract them. They keep coming to you. All these things shall be added unto you. My yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, you never learn from Jesus until you take his yoke. When you take his yoke and you start walking with him, then you begin, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, he, where have I been? I didn't know that. Why was I so worried about this thing? Man, I was dumb. I should have known this. You begin to learn of him. He says, for I am gentle. I won't rebuke you. You'll learn. I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Amen. Would you stand up with me this morning? Sometimes we are too worried about people to do what is right, what people think. If there is a burden, a yoke, whatever it is, and you want to lay it at the feet of the Lord Jesus, would you please come out? Don't worry about people. There is a burden, something you need God to take care of. Why worry about people? Just come out. Let's, let's deal with it this morning and let God take that away. To do what is right before him. Please come. Please come. And let God take care of it. If you don't know Christ as your Savior. If he's open to everyone. You can come. Throw it at him. Jump in the pool this morning. And let God be God. Let God be God. He loves us dearly. He loves us dearly. When we hurt, He hurts. When we're suffering, He suffers. When we are in want, He's like He Himself is in want. But He says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Turn everything up to Him today and see, watch what God will do. He'll heal. He'll heal. He'll make things right. It's called a miracle. And God is able. God is able. 
I need our prayer partners. Please come over and help me in prayer. Pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'd like you to believe God, no matter what it is. No matter how hard. If you have failed, tell God, I made a mistake in this area. I need your help right now. Just as I believe this man cried out to God. It's not only in the area of physical healing. Cry out to God with all of your heart. And watch God work something in your behalf. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Him for healing. Thank Him for restoring. Thank Him for making everything well in your life. You are a blessing. You are a blessing. You are a blessing. The struggle cease from now. The finances are coming in. The wisdom from God coming into your life. You will be great. Every family blessed in the name of Jesus. Where there have been hindrances in your life, the doors will fling open and God will begin to pour out his love and mercy upon us we are in his presence and the Lord has blessed you the Lord has blessed you the Lord has blessed your bank account the Lord has blessed your life the debts are being taken out of your life the blessings are coming upon you and overtaking you leave this place with something in your hand from the king of kings and the lord of lords the alpha and the omega god bless you we're dismissed amen